Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode has been brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th of 2022 in Verona, Italy. This year will be an exclusively in-person edition. The main theme of the event will be all-round wine communication and tickets are on sale now. The second early bird discount will be available until September 18th. For more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Cynthia Chaplin, and this is Voices. Every Wednesday, I will be sharing conversations with international wine industry professionals, discussing issues in diversity, equity, and inclusion through their personal experiences working in the field of wine. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate our show wherever you get your pods. Hello, and welcome to Voices. This is Cynthia Chaplin, and today I am so pleased to welcome Michelle Brampton to the show. In February this year, Michelle joined the Wine and Spirit Education Trust, which is WSET to all of us in the know, and she took over as the new CEO after Ian Harris, who retired um, with 20 years under his belt. So congratulations, Michelle, and thank you for joining us today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Cynthia. It's great to be here and talk to you. Well, it's a huge pleasure for me. I'm I'm a WSET educator, as you know, and a fan of the program. Um, and I was really, really thrilled when you were appointed as the first female CEO in the 53-year history of the organization. I know Jancis Robinson was honorary president for a while, a couple of years back, but this is the first time a woman is running WSET. I know what it means to me, but what does that mean to you in terms of sort of female leadership roles in the wine sector and, you know, moving women into positions of authority in, in our industry? Thanks. It's, it's a great question. I mean, I think in the industry, we are seeing an increasing number of women taking roles across the sector, which, which is fabulous to see. But I think we all know we've we've still got some way to go, which is true of everywhere. So I think, you know, in this role in particular, it's it's great to see a woman come into it because it's such a visible role in the industry. You know, it's very connected and it can be as and we'll come on to probably talk about this, about how the WSET can can be very central, can be a beacon, can be a role model in the industry. So I think, you know, that visibility is what's really important because and it was true in my previous role as well, because in all of these things, if you can see yourself represented somewhere, then uh, it gives you a guide and it gives you the confidence that you can go and do things because you can see see other women doing it. So. So I think it's really important and it's really exciting. And I, I think for the WSET in particular, you know, what's quite usual is that women create different cultures and do different things with organisations. Uh, and that's what I'm looking forward to doing is uh, moving that culture forward a bit and supporting the women in it and other minorities. So to create that in- inclusive environment. Um, so I think it's really important and I think it can help drive change by doing those kind of things more broadly both with the employees in the organization and then with the influence that it can have beyond there as well. I entirely agree. I think that's great. And and I know that you will be a great champion for women coming into our industry. You mentioned your your previous life, which was at Treasury Wine Estates for 19 years. So no, no short tenure there. And you finished up there as managing director of Europe, Middle East and Africa. So again, not not a teeny tiny little dust job there. What what inspired your move from from treasury into the education side of the business and sort of 
what kind of skills and experiences do you think you gained at Treasury that you're going to bring to your new position and, and adapt to WSET? Uh, well, I was looking for, I had a feeling that I had another chapter and something different to do. And I had undertaken some coaching training and I'm, I'm really interested in the impact of leadership and coaching. So I was looking for something that was going to help and support people like coaching does, that could help make a difference in people's lives. And of course, education does that. Education is hugely empowering. Whatever you learn about, you know, it develops your life and you can take it in different directions by doing it. So so I was looking for something that would make a difference to people. Um, and I was looking for something that I could make a difference to the organization itself. So we, we touched on previously culture at the WSET, and that is something that I am really passionate about. Um, and so in looking for a role that I could influence the culture, I was looking for a, for a CEO role that meant I could, I could own it and develop that culture the way that I wanted to help see people thrive within the organization. But then I also wanted an organization that did good and reached beyond just the employees, with it, the employees within it. So that's what was really appealing to me about the WSET is the opportunity to evolve it internally as well as to have the impact externally as well. So it was it was quite strange, really, because that's what I had started to, to put out there as what I was thinking um, as I was planning to leave Treasury. And, and the WSET came up really very, very quickly. So it was a bit of a stars aligned moment. And of course, it has the bonus of being in an industry that I love, having been, uh, as you said, at Treasury for nearly 20 years and really loved the wine industry. Uh, and actually to that nice to be touching on the spirits industry as well is like an evolution of that. So, yeah, I consider myself extremely lucky to have found myself in this position and, and really proud to lead such a, a great organisation. But those are the kind of boxes that, um, that that it really ticked for me in a big way. That's so interesting. I mean, I I know, you know, as I said before, you took over from Ian, who who led the W set for twenty years. Um, how how is the culture there? Have you been welcomed, um, or has there been resistance to having a woman at the helm? Um, you know, Ian, Ian did a fantastic job, and kudos to him. You know, enrollments went from you know ten thousand, sort of mostly you know UK students in two thousand and two up to 108,000 students, most of them coming from outside the UK. And it's a pretty tough act to follow. And I'm just wondering um, how your first few months there have been and what the culture was like when you got there. Did people resist you? Has it been an easy onboarding or, or a little bit more fraught than you imagined? No, it's, it's not been fraught. The people at the WSET are amazing. They're some of the friendliest people uh, I've ever met. And I loved uh, the people at Treasury Wine Estates. There's great people there as well. So I, obviously, you don't know until you get there what kind of people you're going to meet. But the people have been so friendly and welcoming and open that they made the onboarding really easy for me, actually. And for the first six or seven weeks, Ian was there uh, whilst I was there. So I used that time to talk to lots and lots of people. So I think I probably had about 80 conversations with people across the organization and talking about what are the challenges, what are the opportunities, what would you change, what do you think we're doing about it. So by the time that Ian came to go, I had a really strong sense of what their priorities were um, within the organization. So that was a really nice opportunity for onboarding to get to know people and to get to know the organization. And yet Ian has done an amazing job of growing the brand globally and the impact on all those students that you know is, is our purpose in doing it. 
And so people obviously are very, very fond of Ian and in many ways sad to see him go. I think there is a overall sense, though, that it's ready for its next chapter. Um, you know, it's no secret that our service levels had dropped over the last few years, that COVID was particularly hard for us in terms of managing all of the um, exams processing. And that's really the number one priority as we go forward to look at that. So I think as much as the team like and respected Ian, there's a new chapter for the WSET, which is about um, given that growth that we've seen, given the challenge that we've seen through COVID and the way people have evolved the way they want to learn and the way they want to access information. You know, there's a big opportunity for us to modernise and digitalise a lot of the things that we do. Um, and so I think the team are really ready to embrace that change uh, and drive it forward. And, and that's some of the work we've started uh, in the last 10 weeks since since I've taken over. So, yeah, no, I wouldn't say any resistance. You know, there's a lot of fondness and a lot of appreciation for what Ian did. But ready for the next chapter is, is how we're looking. That's so good to know. And I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that because, as I said, I'm a fan of the organization myself and have taken part in many, many different levels. So it's exciting to hear that you know, issues are going to be addressed under, under your new tenure and that people are excited for that to happen. Yes, very much so. It's been hard for the team. Yeah, sure. It has. And we've seen it here. Um, where I work here in Verona for Vini Italy International, we have a WSET app, Italian Wine Academy, and we've seen a slowing of of the exam scores being returned and how frustrated students get. So, and and educators, we get frustrated too on behalf of our students. So it's good to know that that's you know on the table as something that's going to get addressed and changed and hopefully new systems, faster systems coming into place, less dependent on you know human problems like being trapped in your house for two years. Yeah, exactly. Um, that is absolutely our number one priority. And we, we've got a program of work over the next 18 months to address that from a systems and processes perspective. But um, yeah, it's been it has been really tough on the team because none of them wants students or APPs feeling like that either. You know, so um, they're they're kind of uh, a bit bruised from that the last couple of years. So really ready to help everybody feel better about the service that they offer and the way that we do it. That is so exciting. I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that, um, especially because I know that you, you know, really believe in education. and You've said you think it's a true enabler for success for both individuals and for businesses. And I'm just wondering how you're going to energize this message and get it across to businesses who should be hiring and should be investing in professional development as well as impressing it upon, you know, young people or new people just starting out in wine. You know, it's it's not cheap. Wine education is expensive. We all know that. And I'm just wondering how you're going to get the message out to to justify this investment and support the cost across our sector. You know, what are your plans? What are your thoughts on this? Italian Wine Podcast. If you think you love wine as much as we do, then give us a like and a follow anywhere you get your pods. Yeah, so we've been doing some work in the last 10 weeks, really getting clear as, as a leadership team inside the organization around what our purpose is around empowering people and inspiring people with the inspiring learning experiences that we offer. And so internally, we're 
energizing people through the impact that we can have and the difference that we can make. And then we're, we're flowing that into the strategic planning that we're doing. Um, so there's lots of energy building in the organization around the possibilities of new things that we could do. And of course, in the meantime, while we build all of that great stuff in, but we're energizing the uh, organization and investing in those things to make it easier both for the employees and for our partners at the APPs and a better experience for our students. But we'll continue to, obviously, we have the business development and marketing teams who are there to spread the word and work with both APPs and use the digital platforms that we've developed and attend events to get the word out there. We'll also be running um, a virtual open day in the London School for everybody to be able to come and see what's what's going on um, at the school and what kind of courses we offer. And then more broadly in the industry, we're doing a lot of partnership work. Um, And one of the things I'm really keen to do is one of our imperatives, as we're calling them, is to build a really uh, meaningful ESG, environmental, social and governance agenda. Um, And we already do lots of partnership work, either with our corporate patrons or with our APPs. Um, And it's really focused around um, equity, diversity and inclusion, actually. So touching on our original point about an increased number of women in senior roles, but also other minorities um, having increased representation in the trade. So there are a number of things that we do already. Uh, We work with people, charities like uh, the Develop Fund, which is part of the Drinks Trust in the UK that has hardship fund and hospitality organisations. So through them, we are providing Uh, bursaries or access to, as you say, it is expensive to make um, training more affordable for people depending on their situation personally. So there's quite a lot that's UK focused there. But then in addition, for example, in Australia, we are working with the National Indigenous Culinary Institute um, and we work with a couple of our providers in South Africa to create opportunities for disadvantaged communities. So that it feels like coming into the organisation, there's a lot of good stuff already happening to support people if it's unaffordable. Many employers do support people. They understand the value created in that education within their companies. Um, and so then the extension of where we can support financially people to be able to do it is something that's already happening. But I'm keen to Um, make it a bit more strategic with all the partners that we work through, whether they're our corporate patrons or our APP, because I think everybody does uh, understand that diversity, particularly in our industry, is an area where we can help um, and and grow uh, representation from all sorts of backgrounds. And I think some of the partnerships that we're doing with hospitality, where you see very great diversity of people, is another place that we can help people get on the jobs ladder, improve their career. So, so there's lots to do to get the message out there that the value, yes, it's not, it's not cheap, but there are options uh, if people can't afford it to work with us because we're here to try and have a positive impact and empower people. Um, and you know, we're open to ideas that kind of fit that strategic agenda that we're looking at around growing diversity in the trade. Well, that's that's so good. That's great to hear. I'm, I'm wondering if there's any sort of outreach going to um, universities and colleges, not only in the UK, but, you know, around the world or at least in Europe. We've got a lot of universities now that are doing uh, wine and hospitality programs, culinary programs, as you mentioned, that where wine plays a part. 
And I'm wondering if, if WSET is doing any outreach to those sorts of programs globally through a college or through a university. I think a lot of young people don't really understand that wine can be a career, that it can be a road to, to bigger and better things and lots of opportunity uh, rather than just something one does in a bar on a Friday night. Yeah. And I think getting that message out to young people is, is so important. Do you partner with, with universities or colleges in that kind of a way? In isolated cases, yes, but not on a global level. Um, and it's something that is interesting. So I, play, I, I paid a visit to a, a college that does do um, degrees and masters in the UK. Uh, and we're starting a conversation with them about how their local representation and our global visibility could help uh, in the wine trade in particular and how you move into things like, pe- you know, people do want to move all over the world and experience winemaking in Australia or winemaking in Chile. So it's not something we're doing globally, but it's something that would definitely be on the radar further down the line, because uh, you can see in these conversations that the WSET qualifications are so well regarded and many of our APPs add stuff onto them to bring them to life for students. And, and that would be an opportunity for uh, for universities as well. But I agree with you. I remember when I first uh, got into the wine industry, having no idea really that it was going to be a, a great career where you can see the world and travel and meet lots of interesting people. Um, and I think there's there's obviously pockets of that around the world, but um, making that more known as different parts of the world open up and become more important in the wine trade uh, is definitely something we could look at further down the line. Absolutely, absolutely. I, yeah, I just think um, getting that that message to people when they're when they're young, and especially so many of our young people now, you know, who really don't have a, a lot of choice during their late high school or early university years um, in terms of employment, and they find themselves in hospitality, waitressing, or whatever. I think it is important to let them know that there is you know, a properly professional path uh, into wine that that can be academic and interesting and really open doors for them in, in different ways. So I think WSET is great at doing that. And I'd love to see that message get out there more to, to younger students. Uh, I think we've got, got that moment in time now where so many people, as you said, want to travel. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be able to travel a bit better than we can at the moment. But uh and also universities taking on board these, you know, kind of alternative programs of study that are still degree courses. So adding WSET to that, I think, is is a great way to promote not only what you do, but also the industry as a whole. Yeah. Well, you've, you've also been described yourself as a visionary and impactful and curious leader, and you deliver results by driving and sustaining a healthy organizational culture. I love all of these things. Collaboration and inclusiveness are non-negotiable and integrity and striving to do the best possible work. I, I want to know what you're hoping to see happen on these fronts um, in the next couple of years. As you know, we've, we've said, you've only been there for 10 minutes. So <laughs> you, I'm sure you have um, a bucket list of goals and strategies. Um, where are you hoping to sort of guide the ship? over the next couple of years. I mean, you're right. There's so much. There's so much opportunity and it's such an exciting time for the WSET. You know, when I talk about that next chapter and digital and what that can bring, there, there is so many things. Um, and with the leadership team here, as we start to talk about what our priorities are and what we want to do, there really is a, okay, this is great. How, how do we focus and prioritize here? Because uh, there's so much that we could do that we could um, 
yeah wear ourselves out trying to do it but as I touched on before like the absolute number one priority is to get that service back up and that's really fixing the foundations of the organization Um, and so that is investment in IT and processes and and the, the right people with the right capabilities to to get that where we need it to be but alongside that we will also be looking at products and product categories, so potentially moving into other product categories or filling some of the, the pockets that we have in the hierarchy of programs that we ha- have at the moment. Um, and then I see alongside that, so as we shore up the foundations, we start to really digitalize the offering that we have, both in the education and the exam side of it. Um, And then the expansion beyond that starts to look at what other product categories could we be in and how we enhance the learning experiences within that. Um, And also with that, I think we probably need some kind of evolution of the brand as we broaden and we make it more contemporary um, so that we can access some of those areas that we want to build in. And then I think the, the key thing is really that internal and external culture and good work that we do so internally we've touched on on that cultural piece and it is really important to me that people can come to work every day be themselves and do their best work and feel like they belong there Um, I'm really passionate about inclusivity and people feeling like they belong there and I think we all know that when you feel like you're very safe somewhere and you belong there you are your most creative you are your most productive and you can do your best work and that's how I want people to come to work and feel at the WSET and then to extend that externally in in the good work that we do on with an ED&I agenda uh, and a bigger framework with our corporate partners and our APPs um, and um, and other programs that we can help support that agenda within the wider trade and then beyond that, I think I think back to that very original point, I think the WSET, because it's so central to the trade, can be a real role model or a beacon in some of the some of the key challenges that businesses are facing. So whether that's sustainability or diversity and inclusion, uh, there are lots of things that we could role model as an organization and start to be a bit of a, a guiding light in some of those things. So I'm, I'm hoping to kind of play that role as well. Well, I, I've got to ask you, I, I love the idea of taking on some, you know, new, new areas. I know WSET has taken on sake not long ago, which is one of my hobbies. I'm, I'm very much involved in that. What other areas are you looking at? So we will be evolving into beer at a point in time right that's exciting yeah yes it is yeah there's already a uh, significant work uh, done on that and then we will uh, but at the moment it's uh, it's paused while we fix those capacity challenges what we don't want to do is risk opening up another category that's uh, that overwhelms workload wide and you know puts us even further back on that service with the APPs and the partners that we have at the moment so yeah, so that's in planning at the moment. Wow, that's exciting. That that's that's so interesting. I think we do have a lot of new categories, you know, within the drinks sector, um, things to take a look at. So that's very good to hear. I've got to ask you, sort of, the the white elephant in the room because this show is part of the Italian Wine Podcast. In terms of updating WSET materials, what kinds of things are being done in light of, you know, climate change? UK wine business um, is growing exponentially and some very high quality, particularly sparkling wines coming out of the UK. And I'm sure that'll continue to grow. But um, 
Italy has always been a bugbear for all of us who've gone through the programs because we all say there's not enough time and space dedicated. What are your thoughts on updating materials? Yeah, so the materials are on a three-year cycle of update um, because a lot does change in that period of time and all of those things get reviewed uh, at a point in time. And, and yeah, we have an MW that leads that and, and oversees all of the content that goes in. So yeah, I think uh, the team are always open to suggestions. So um, I'll, I'll feed that back to them for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leading the charge for all of us who want to see more Italian stuff in, in WSET, particularly in level three and diploma. So, OK, yeah, we can have a sidebar chat about that. Sometime. Yeah, sure. Let's but, do that. Michelle, this has just been so great. I'm really so pleased that you took the time to come on today. And I, I know that all of our listeners will be really excited to hear about all the things that you hope to to do moving forward with WSET. It does mean a lot to all of us. It is, you know, clearly the global certification that everyone recognizes, you know, among a sea of others. And uh, we wish you well, and we hope to see you soon. Thank you so much, Cynthia. It was great to meet you. And you. Take care. We hope you enjoyed today's episode brought to you by the Wine to Wine Business Forum 2022. This year will mark the ninth edition of the forum to be held on November 7th and 8th, 2022 in Verona, Italy. Remember, the second early bird discount on tickets will be available until September 18th. For more information, please visit us at winetowine.net. I'm Joy Livingston, and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love, and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production, and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests, and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.